<laughs> we need more Ben condoms. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Today, we're going to welcome to the podcast, Chris Tavish. Just about right. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Is just that like the on? car. I just, I never... <laughs> There's a car. Someday there'll be a car. You'll oh. see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Chris is a Silicon Valley business professional, an active stand-up comedian, obviously, and the author of the book, oh no, Comediology. Perfect. Wow. Which is all about how to be more effective and fulfilled in business by using comedy. Chris is the co-founder of Venture West Consulting in Silicon Valley, which whose mission is to help organizations create meaningful strategies and bring them to reality. Venture West has worked with and helped many Fortune 500 con- companies. I'm not going to read all of them. But and countries. Some. And oh. countries. The so companies <laughs> and countries. Yeah. Um, I don't read out loud very well. I'm welcome to make fun of me. Oh, you're just, oh, you're reading it. So then you're like, this is how I'm going to, okay. Uh-huh. okay right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for going. <laughs> um, so first question, what was your first job? Like the very first thing you did to make some cash, Ola? Oh, I was, uh, I worked at home of the Whopper. The Burger, Burger King. King. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, you know, I, I wiped those mats when mm-hmm. they got there with the, you know, the mm-hmm. little t- trays. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, wow. And then I looked over at the cash register. I'm like, ooh, that's intimidating. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's next. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so I had to, I, I had to I depart before I got raised to such. Yeah. I, that was, though. I, I was Burger King. I love it. Tell were you? Um, I was six and we, no, I was probably 13, I think. Wow. 13. Uh, wow. They let you work that early? Yeah. Well, I had to afford my, uh, they, uh, they did. It was in Utah and it was still mm. at the time when, um, child, uh, labor was popular. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, cause you're going to get a job till you're 16 here. Oh, in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Oh, is something you okay? Yeah, I mean, like you just seen a ghost. <laughs> no, I was just like, thirteen is interesting. Yeah, or maybe was, that's uh, just when we got jobs because we now had to pay for cars. Yeah, that could have been something to do. I walked to this job, and mm-hmm. it was miserable. Like walking with, there's nothing more shameful at the time. It felt walking in front of my junior high school. It was right off the way with my Burger King hat. Right, it, just didn't, it was like a real faux pas. At the time. <laughs> Did you have to wear an apron too? Uh, I did, but I was too cool to put it on before. Oh, I was like, yeah. no, I'm you putting this on at the store. Roll, rolled up yeah. and ready to go. Yeah. And then they, you know, I'd get to the store and I'd remove my sunglasses and gold chain and the <laughs> paparazzi would take their pictures. That's so. right. You grew, where in Utah did you grow up? Uh, Salt Lake City. That's right. And no, I'm not Buddhist. I'm, I'm I know. Good. <laughs> like everybody else. Yeah. Um, so give us a synopsis of your career journey. Oh, okay. So, you know, it it was very left brained. It Mm -hmm. was very, I actually very similar, Jamie, I started off, uh, on the CPA track. So I 
got some audit my audit requirements. I sat for the CPA. I passed the CPA. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. With respect. I just, I'm not like. I get it. Yeah. So we, uh, so I started with uh, a large consulting, a couple of large consulting companies in the first few years, like Deloitte Consulting and, Mm -hmm. and Accenture. And, uh, I then I started working through Fortune 500 organizations and their IT organization. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I liked that for a while. You know, at the lower levels, there's a lot of creativity. And Mm -hmm. so, like, I was coding and creating. And then I got to this level where I'm like, oh my gosh, I was miserable because I was like doing with the man, like, like catering to the man. Like, I got to do it this way, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's what I felt like a stormtrooper and, you know. Star Wars, like that's Mm -hmm. what the overlord wants us to do. So, (laughs) and then I started doing, yeah, have you, anyway, I'm sure most people can relate at some point. So I started doing comedy just to, for joy, Mm -hmm. just because I needed something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, unlike a psychiatrist, they don't know your employee ID, which, which is a huge advantage. (laughs) So crazy. uh, And then I, I, after that, doing that a while, I thought, man, there's things that are actually here that make me more effective at my job. Hmm. So like I wrote the book and then I started doing a lot more. I still do consulting. So mm-hmm. I started my own company and now doing workshops and speaking events and yeah, for comediology. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually have never worked in like a huge company. My husband hmm. has, he still does. That's why you're smiling every day. Um, <laughs> but I did work in the family office of a company or of a person who owned a huge nationwide um, home building company Uh, and talk about working for the man. Like I didn't know that I was walking into a large company, but it was very like people are expendable. The rules were changing all the time. Like I had no idea what was going on, but I've mostly worked in small firms with small businesses, Um, but that didn't go very well. I don't do well uh, being regulated to a cubicle eight hours a day. That just yeah. did not go well because there was no, like I wasn't able, like I, I was the tax preparer. And so I did all these like super complex partnerships. It was like 150 K ones. Like it was a massive amount of, of, it was good, like technical knowledge and technical, like hands-on for some of this stuff. But, I, but there was like a whole accounting department around me that worked for this family office. So basically we just did all the accounting for this family and, and all, their, all their holdings. <laughs> and I, they'd be like, well, we need somebody here to print checks on Friday. So like this particular, like you, the accounting department can't leave on Fridays or like be gone. Like y'all can't take vacation at the same time. And I was yeah. like, why don't you just show me how? Like I can print checks. I'm actually pretty good at it. I could probably figure it out. Nope, not allowed. Then I was like, I can't live. I can't deal with this non-collaborative environment. Yeah, and conformity to, and like smell like pennies, something. Yeah, (laughs) it literally, and I always say like, it was like working for Scrooge McDuck. Like it was basically like doing a Scrooge McDuck's tax returns. Um, Yeah, and and people are, you're right, people are expendable and, and trying to get your own flavor out into something that, yeah. you know, it's like if you're, you're not conforming, if, you know, your sphincter should be shriveling up by the time was, you enter the front office. I was, there for, I was there for about a year and I was like, I am so far out. Like I am gone. Um, and I was like sold this like amazing culture and all of this. And I was just like, that is not what's happening. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love that when you go in to these companies and you talk with somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, the culture. And then you're just like waving. They're like, are you, are you awake? Is this? Like <laughs> it was so bad. It was, uh, it was bad. I was gone within a year because I was just like, I like, they were basically like, just sit in a cube and do the wow. tax returns. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm so much more fun than that. We've got a nonconformist in sector four. <laughs> it was pretty much, I mean, I, I, that's what was going to happen. Yeah. You know, it was like, <laughs> I can't sit here and enter K ones for the rest of my life. Uh, um, like, let me be creative and do stuff and talk to people and help. Yeah. And then the pro, and then you're, I think, very fortunate to have gotten out because I think a lot of people stay in for mm -hmm. five, 10, 15 years and then they start thinking about retirement and then they think they're too old and then it's just this like, and then they, they don't think there's the, the special stuff inside of them is something mm -hmm. to that the world would value. And that is where I think like 80% of the population goes wrong because it's yeah. like, yeah. It is. It, and I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's hard to make that, to make that leap. Um, think, I mean, and I, I always like say, I have a husband who makes enough money to take care of us and we have our insurance through him. Like me not working is not fun for our lifestyle, but it also was like, not that painful. Right. right. So like me yeah. starting my own business was not, it's been hard, but it's also been the best thing I've ever done for myself and my family. So yeah, you know, we kind of take that, but yeah. And after being in public in public accounting for so long, just dealing with small business owners and helping and being able to problem solve and doing all that, like going to a family office for a year and once you're just like, they're like cube data enter. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and so even like out. your job, I mean, what, you know, like I was, I was mentioning earlier when we off the air uh, that I love that you have mm -hmm. a podcast and mm -hmm. you're an accountant. And usually those are in an organization, those would be dichotomous. They're like, no, yeah. the marketing person does. And you can't, you got to get back in the, in the cage, you know? And so you're Go doing, both yeah. yeah, people are multifaceted, but mm -hmm. you don't, it's like this typecast that corporate America is, has put on people. Mm -hmm. And it just people know, and you're thriving on, in both, or at least I'd like to give you that grade. Thanks. Thanks. Yep. Yep. That's absolutely what's happening. Guys. A plus from me, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. It's well, so, and I can just kind of give you like a little bit of background, but I'm also a birth doula. So one of the thing I, things I wanted to do was be a birth doula. I had birth doulas with both of my kids and I loved birth and I was like studying birth and it was just so interesting. And I was like, I want to help people have babies. There was no accounting job on the planet. That would be cool with me being like, so I'm not coming in today. I've got a baby. Clan's got a baby. I, I, I don't know when I'll be back. It could be four yeah. hours, could be two days. Nobody knows. That's awesome. um, I love birth so, too, from what I remember of it. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Um, but it was just people like, that's really different. I'm like, it's really not that different. It's knowledge. It's support mm. via knowledge. It's support mm. via data. It's emotional support. And yeah. well, doula -ing is hands-on support. So I don't do that with my, my, uh, my <laughs> tax clients, you know, with our accounting and planning clients, but generally in my hands-on, but it is informational and emotional support. I mean, I can't, yeah. I am more of a therapist than most people's therapists. Yeah. You know, most of our business owners, I'm their therapist. And less expensive. No, I'm way more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> way more expensive. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, so how does, I mean, how does comedy, sort of stand-up comedy relate to business? 
How like? Yeah, and I like the way you asked it. You're like, how does comedy? How does like? It's different, right? <laughs> Most people are like, yes. Yeah, so I do, you know, either the data of this or the data of that. How did you? How did you decide to relate comedy to business? Well, there's a lot of different things, um, practices, and tools that you can use. Uh, but but just for the basics to like think about it. Mm -hmm. So when you okay, so the, so let's enter the world of Scrooge McDuck. Okay, everything Scrooge. is Jamie. What is the what is the SEC regulation? What is the um, the the gap uh, regulation? Generally mm -hmm. accepted accounting principles. That's <laughs> all right. Two points. Oh wait, they, they, they changed the name though. Anyway, yeah. so so what is the FASB regu regulation? So they're mm -hmm. all putting these regulations you need to adhere to. What does the industry say? Mm -hmm. What are the powers that be say? And mm -hmm. a lot of times in corporate America, we're looking outside ourselves. Mm -hmm. If if you bring me something, I'll say yeah. But but is it you know does it meet all these you know yeah, standards? It, yeah, all mm -hmm. the standards, etc. Comedy's different, and that's when I got into comedy. It was to find joy. It wasn't to come up with this combining these worlds. Mm -hmm. But comedy. Think about the, if you think about the steps in comedy, the first thing it does is it forces you to have a point of view. Mm -hmm. When, when somebody tells you a joke, you can't look to Fasby and say, was this, was this joke funny? Was like, that funny? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> look to the person next to you. The, the part with the dog and the, yeah, you, you, nobody else is the authority except for you. So you have to understand and, and realizing just that in and of itself, like I'm an authority here. I have an opinion and mm -hmm. it matters. Um, and so that's on the receiving end of comedy. If you're the one giving the comedy, you have to think about generate the comedy. So you have to be creative and you have to think about your ideas and how I could share them with you in a very brief and concise manner mm -hmm. and having you get it. So mm -hmm. influencing you. And when you think about, boy, that's business connecting mm -hmm. with you, sharing ideas with you that are extremely uh, crisp and emotional and mm -hmm. punchy and ideally add a little levity to your world. It's like, that is, a, I mean, this is what you described. You are a therapist. You emotionally connect with people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether you call it comedy, and I, and I say it's really the principles of comedy, mm -hmm. but that's, boy, that, I mean, that's, that's, I think, what makes you, what you were describing in your own words, successful what you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the connection with people, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And trying to break concepts down that a lot of people don't understand taxes are a whole thing <laughs> um i was actually talking to somebody about yesterday about their return and they're like well how can we do this and how can we do that and i was like well first of all it's july 15th so i'm not talking to you about that right now i was like but here's some of the like basic stuff you need to understand and then we'll come back to this and she was like wow nobody's ever like explained that to me thank you i was just like happy to you know that's why i do what i do because I have apparently a skill set that is odd. Oh, what? Yeah. What do yeah. you mean odd? Oh, to, you know, to be able to break, to, to understand or break it down. And I, the tax stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> and she, and it blew her mind. She's like, oh, I need, I need to pay taxes there. Is that yes. what you're. <laughs> I loved it though, because she was like, um, why are we paying so much in Colorado? I was like, cause you made so much this year. I was like, but let me just walk you through the return real fast. And of course, like Colorado is like the easiest return to walk through. So I was like, thanks for asking about this one and not the federal because they have like, it, literally this thing is like 300 pages, Oh wow! <laughs> but she's like, walk me through yeah. to Colorado. And I'm like, happy to. <laughs> I'd love the to like, see one, like no. the real basic, like the more you make, 
the more you pay, you know, just yeah. like the, ba- <laughs> I was sure like, that, that number comes from this number. This is how much you paid in. Yeah. This is what you owe. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh, all right. It's just more than we've ever paid. I was like, it's more than you've ever made. She's like, right. true. <laughs> but I bought some new shirts. Did you get that on? The- Did okay. you get the Lululemon purchase? <laughs> on the jewelry? Did you able to write that off? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sure didn't. Yeah. Um, so how, so how do you apply? So just give me a couple principles and like how you help people apply them. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, the, the basic ones is, um, so if you're like, I was like, I just kind of got forced, not forced. I did comedy, mm-hmm. but comedy, like coming in every week it, you have to write down, think about stuff. You, either you observe it mm-hmm. or you think about it and you have to write it down. And that's a practice mm-hmm. that you do every day. Well, in at least when I was working at corporate America, we lost the plot. You show up and you are in meeting blizzard from like the next 10 hours and you get no time to focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. So in another context, we're kind of familiar with, the, with this. So uh, 401k. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We invest every you know, paycheck. We invest a little bit into our 401k until the time where we're say 65. And all of a sudden we've got this large amount of money that we can live off for the rest of our life. Well, the same thing is creatively, right? Mm-hmm. If you can take time every day to invest in yourself creatively, mm-hmm. write it down, go to a class, uh, talk with a, uh, someone who, you, you know, a friend, et cetera, or a partner to really kind of go to a creative level and start building off that. The first time you do it, it's going to be equivalent to like, you know, the first 50 bucks you put in your 401k, you're like, well, okay, that'll buy me a half one shoe. Right. Uh, the other on layaway, but, but over time it, it will be that, you know, mm-hmm. amount. So it's so simple things that you can do, take from comedy and apply can make you so much more powerful. And even if you don't do anything, you don't start your own business, b- bringing that creativity to your current profession mm-hmm. is like, Oh wow, I know how to write really good. Or I know how to perform something or mm-hmm. um, have a conversation about so that that's one. I'll pause there though, Jamie. I don't want to dominate. Is there any like I was gonna no, go into good. go ahead? So another one, and I, I kind of walked this through before, is if you look at, you know, seeing people up on stage, mm-hmm. there are different types of people. So, you know, a, a lot of people might go to a communications course and they're they might have a really dry personality and be like, um, I just want to get in front of an audience and move them passionately. <laughs> like, no, that, They're sorry. all Gronk. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Although Gronk is one of my favorites. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't think the Encyclopedia Britannica meets this year. Is like, <laughs> no, but I think it's, it's realizing what you bring to the table. We, we have a model um, at Comediology. So it's like based upon if you're introverted or extroverted, mm-hmm. and if you're left brain or right brain, there are certain types and there's four types it's real real simple to make it easy but if you're introverted and left brain you would be what we call a writer mm-hmm. so if you're a writer chances are uh and 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 the performer that it's just akin to is like david sedaris mm-hmm. In- amazing writer incredible mm-hmm. writer and but he's not a performer he's not an extra you know so he literally gets on on stage and he reads his book so if you are a writer mm-hmm then use that to your advantage. You know, like if you are more extroverted and you're more right brain, we call that a performer. Mm-hmm. So a performer is like a Robin Williams, you know? Yeah. But in, in business, you, you've seen some, you know, some people are just performed. They love to be in front of an audience. Typically, in my experience, those people aren't the best writers. 
So if you're a performer, partner with a writer. And, you know, that makes a very powerful combination. If you tell a writer that they need to get up in front of a stage of 600 people, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm real sick today. I can't come in. <laughs> and if you tell a performer that they need to write a, a, a you know, 60 page essay, they're going to be like this, the same thing, but using your strengths. Mm -hmm. And so, um, by the way, just to, for full clarity, uh, the other one was, is if you're more left brained. Mm -hmm. uh, and more extroverted, it's what I call an engager. Mm -hmm. So an engager is somebody who is actually likes to converse and likes to ask people questions and build off those ideas. They're not necessarily an original thinker, but they can take an idea and they can really form it through conversation. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming to a, let's say a sales pitch, and you know that there's going to be a lot of questions on the end, bring an engager. They love that stuff. They thrive in that stuff. A performer wants to get up there and like, okay, boom. You can take a couple pictures and I'm out. <laughs> a writer wants to sit in the back room. Um, there's one more I'll, I'll talk about. That's, that's uh, more of a, you know, right-brained. So this is like a Martin Scorsese who doesn't want to be an actor, mm -hmm. um, doesn't want to be the writer, but wants to kind of direct the whole play. But they tell it in a story. You've heard, the, and you mm -hmm. were talking about earlier, Jamie, I don't think we were on the air, but your dad. And your dad is one of those guys like, hey, did you see that and your brother, right? They just love telling those stories. And mm -hmm. so use that to your advantage. Really dive into who you are mm -hmm. and use that. And it's, it, again, it's not thinking of it as comedy as like a punchline funny, but it's the structure and what you can learn from the comedic platform and apply to this. I love it. Um, I watched, I loved The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Miss Maisel. I don't know if you've watched that yeah. show. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I'm really just not a huge comedy person. Like, there's not a whole lot of people I think are really funny. But she, like, this, this show just was like, I was like enthralled by it. It was just so good just to watch her like journey and like how she got there. But comedy is observation, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, it is. Uh, yeah. And so having that, so you were talking about like, you know, writing down what you observe or writing down what you see or like whatever, and then applying it. Like it's really all you kind of have to do with comedy, but also in business. Well, and it's, it's observational, but it's, uh, and even to go one step further, Jamie, I think you're spot on. It's truth telling. Mm -hmm. The reason that comedy works is because it's the truth. And the reason that you want to do business with somebody mm -hmm. is because they tell the truth. I mean, you, we've all been like, oh yeah, it's going to, it's going to run anywhere from 50 to 80. What about a hundred? Oh, it'll run that too. You're like, no, <laughs> it doesn't. That's not like, what's the truth. And somebody, when somebody tells the truth, mm -hmm you just like have this immediate respect. They're likable mm -hmm. and you, you know, you want to be connected to them. That's what comedy does. Quite frankly, it literally connects people. Like they've studied people who laugh together and are, are true with each other. And, and it's not surprising. It's like the, mm -hmm. the science showed that, but yeah, they want to, it connects people. Yeah. It's the oxytocin too. Of the right, yeah. And the wine doesn't hurt. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. Um, and that's next on my list today after the nap, maybe before the nap. I haven't decided what, uh, we're recording this on July 18th or July 16th, which is really April 16th in my life, in my world. Uh, so yeah. So I was telling Chris, I am not hundred percent today. My brain has decided it's taking a break, but this is really fun. So I think, yeah. Um, so I, oh man, going through these four, it's so funny because, and you and I have kind of talked about this, but like everybody's kind of all of these, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen the disc assessments or like uh -huh. Colby assessments. Yeah. 
Um, you know, everybody has a combination of these things, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. And yeah, and I think the truth is the same, by the way, of the, what I just described. I think people have a combination for sure. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's very interesting. I, I just, I find all assessments very interesting. Um, that's probably because I'm a writer. <laughs> 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 my, my dominant is probably writer. Right. And then probably engager. <laughs> and after the podcast being a writer, you're like, okay, get the away from me people yeah and i'm really <laughs> even like i'm not like a writer writer because I, I will my life is bullet points i will bullet point everything for everybody hmm. um but I, if i'm asked to write something i will write it and then they're just like wow this is great and i'm like okay yeah <laughs> i'm just putting out all the things all the facts and data and stuff i know but you know here you go. yeah please well and there's please and fix. that is like it, it's such an advantage to realize that like one of the things that we tell writers mm. is you know, you'll get in a room with a performer or an engager and you'll also often be overpowered because they're such high energy and mm -hmm. they take over the stage. Well, that's sort of short term. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, they'll kind of, you know, okay, it's, it's, it's settled down time. Yeah. And they'll look to the writer, right? So a lot of often writers are the quiet ones and they get discouraged, but over the mm -hmm. long haul, writers can see that. They can see the arc. They can see the beginning, middle and end of the story. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the advice that we give is just hang in there. You have vision that these other people don't have if you lean into that. Don't try to be a performer. That's mm -hmm. not your skill set. I mean, yeah. but anyway, it, it's an advantage that a lot of people have that they don't think they have. That's really interesting because I can usually see the forest for the trees. Yeah. Um, for a lot of people. Yep. Um, or like, you'll tell me something's going on with your business and they'll be like, here's your solution. Right? Yeah. Because I know where this is going. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder why a lot of performers uh, end up bankrupt. <laughs> Where do they go? What? I need to be on stage. Would you, like not knowing the full plot, you know? Right? Because they don't know yeah. what the plot is. And I think yeah. that's very true of a lot of, um, well, we talk about this all the time, but like professional athletes and things like that, because they really are performers. Right. That's right. Right. And they and don't even, see and, the stuff yeah, that needs and, to happen on the back end. And there's strengths for everyone, which is really fascinating if you dig into, for example, a performer. And I'm, I'm part engager, part performer, but mm -hmm. to, you need to physically connect with your material. So for an, as an example, when I do stand-up, I can't just write it on the computer. I can't look at a PowerPoint. I have to physically write it with a pencil. Mm -hmm. Something about it being physical. Mm -hmm. I can't explain it, but it just... Uh, it makes me that much better of a performer. And so there's certain things you can do in each in uh in each area mm -hmm. i love it um it's very interesting like how you guys have broken that down into you know a way that kind of makes sense for people again i love assessments i'm all about it yeah. <laughs> um because i'm also an enneagram one if you know anything about enneagrams um, is that is that how you and your husband met no like, hey you want to take an assessment no, no we met on <laughs> what's your a, name <laughs> no we met on a uh intramural football field in college in, in, intermail Intermural. <laughs> okay. I don't know what an intermural is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Intermural. Did you win? Uh, we played flag football on the same team. Ah, okay. Um, I don't remember any of that. He does though. <laughs> he took it a couple times in the head. He little... Yeah. He was <laughs> like, I threw you a touchdown pass at one point. And I was like, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Here's the newspaper clipping. But I know you now, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not too satisfied with the kitchen. So get <laughs> Go fix stuff. Um, I love it. 
So how do we, so like, how do we translate these assessments to business? So you said, if you're like, if you know you're an engager, then you need a writer in your life. So if you were like building a business or like, I, it's one of those, like, how do we play to our strengths and who do we hire to do the other stuff? Which is what I talk to my business owners about all the time. Like you're this, not a bookkeeper. Right. For a reason. For a reason. Exactly. It it really is like looking at every, in, in this one in particular, there's a lot of different um, comedy principles that can help you in business mm-hmm. with the assessment. So there's certain things you can do and, it, and depending upon which phase of business that you're at, mm-hmm. uh, the easiest one to apply is probably a pitch. Like if you're going in to sell your business, mm. I talk with storytellers. These guys or gals tell the most amazing stories when you're sitting next to them having a drink. Mm-hmm. And then you get them in a presentation and they're like, Okay, the data shows, Bobo, and you're like, wait a, wait a minute, <laughs> like, start with a story. Right. Start with it. People make decisions based on emotion. They right. want to connect with you mm-hmm. and visualize the story so that you can then tell the, give the presentation and refer back. Now, remember the frog. The frog is giving the scorpion a ride. Now, remember this. Forty-two mm-hmm. percent of frogs, you know, it's like, and people get it, and they're like, oh yeah. And they will remember it. You, you, mm-hmm. you, they can't not remember it once. So it's very powerful stuff that you can use in business. Um, if you're a performer, for example, and in, in using the same example on a pitch, um, start, don't just read that presentation. So many people just get up like 44. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not exciting. Yeah. Like, and, and do creative ways because you're, mm-hmm. you're a very, probably a very creative person in the way that you connect with people. You know, you can do a comedic act. You can do a drama. You can just um, use quotes and, and, and really bring that performance home. So it, it, with any type that you are, you can, you can definitely enhance your business. That's really interesting. So I'm more, cause so like for a writer, like mm-hmm. for instance, I'm always looking for data. How can we talk about data? right? Like, here, I found these mistakes. And then I found these opportunities in your tax returns. Let's talk about the data. People are just really like, what does any of that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and the fact that you even like, even saying I found data to a performer, Uh it just Uh blows their mind. Like you can find data. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, and, 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 and that fascinates you. And a performer is not going to do that because typically, right? Mm-hmm. They just don't have the interest. And so you're going to, well, what if we twist it like this and like this and like this? And then, holy cow, you've just nailed it. Just leaning into who you are. Mm. Uh, a great example, Jamie. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really accountants. So I, I always just say like, we have a PR problem because people think we just sit with our pocket protectors and data entry all day. Yeah, I've had people like even my own family be like, well, don't people just come to you and you do their tax returns like it's in our block. And I'm like, do you know me at all? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because <laughs> that would just absolutely kill me. <laughs> You're like, well, let me get dad over here. Let me tell you something about. Yeah, today, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's, my, where's my dad when I need him? Because I, I am more him. I think a lot of a lot of the time when I'm like interacting with my clients. Than I am, you know, the pocket protector accountant. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pocket protector here, people. I don't even know where I would get one of those. Um, all right. So, all right, Chris. Before I ask my last question. Well, staples, by the way. Just, staples, yes. Yeah. Well, I, 
Do they even make those anymore? Do people put pens in their pockets? What What was it protecting the pocket from? That's the what pen. I like, Don't hurt the pocket. <laughs> the I pocket see. must be saved. Okay, well, I know what they're for. <laughs> from the pens leaking into the pocket. Yeah, but it's like, not. it's just funny, like they call it a, it's not a shirt protector. It's like, it's not a, it's, it's at not all a, costs, the pocket must live on. <laughs> right it's not a you know pen wrap right <laughs> pocket protector pen wrap sounds a bit rated r i know i know i, I was i was like maybe <laughs> but it's there a you go again maybe it's a pen condom you're turning i don't know <laughs> what i'm saying <laughs> paging dr freud okay yes okay moving on um so before i ask my last question what is the easiest way for people to find you Oh, uh, so probably uh, comediology.com um, or oh, I'm the guy in front of their house with the monoculars. No, I, no uh, LinkedIn, <laughs> uh, LinkedIn, comediology.com. And yeah, I'm on the other side, but that's the easiest and most no, probably we'll relevant way to find me. Yeah. Uh, Emily, my Wonder VA will drop all those in the awesome. descriptions. Wonder VA. I'm, I'm assuming that's what she does. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I handed over this. Hey, can we get another pocket protector in sector four, Emily? (laughs) We need more pen condoms. Um, Okay. (laughs) So what is your top strategy for business owners who are looking to meaningfully change their business? What is my tax strategy? Top strategy. (laughs) Comedic strategy or, you know, whatever you do. What is the one thing that you always tell business owners that they need to be doing? Uh, you know, I I would say this, I would say, um, lean into yourself. Like if you are, and whether you work for a large company, whether you look, work for a small company, it's, it's, you know, comedy and the good analogy is comedy is you think it has one word. It's comedy. It must be all the same. But if you look at Robin Williams versus Sam Kinison versus whoever your favorite comedian is, Mm -hmm. it's them and you can't replicate them. Mm -hmm. You can't, that's it. It's a very unique thing. If I would try to replicate you, Jamie, it'd be like, okay, so she does birthings and taxes. Hey, can I put that in the paper? Like it, but and lean into that. Right. Cast slash accountants slash birth doulas are out there. Not very many. <laughs> and she's got a great pen wrap that I'm yes. no, but lean, but lean into that. It ultimately, mm-hmm. it will bring you joy and it will bring you profit. If that's what you want it to do, but mm-hmm. don't try to conform be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. I love that. <laughs> uh, a good friend I might of mine, have stole that last part, but a I like A good friend of mine always <laughs> used to say, don't be sorry, be yourself. Oh, there you go. Sorry about that. No. Yeah. <laughs> don't be sorry, be yourself. Hey, am I getting paid for this? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. Because <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I do this for free. <laughs> I pay to do this. I tell people all the time. Yeah, I pay to do that. Right. Because <laughs> I have Just people. Tell me where to send a check. Because mm-hmm. I have people who do the editing because they're one of these things that I'm not. Yeah, right. And they do they love it? They love it. Yeah. By the way, if you don't hear my voice in the, in the final product, I totally, totally get it. <laughs> It'll just be me. Uh, cut. <laughs> just cut. be me talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Could we get your dad in here for a couple of Yeah, my dad's the best. <laughs> that is the best. Well, thank you so much for your time today. 
Thanks, Jamie. It was a joy hanging out with you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. Be abundant.